Today, we are covering a newer movie for once. (laughs) We are covering The Black Phone, which came out in... I'm confused because I I saw one source that said 2021. I could have sworn it came out this year, though. 2022. Yeah. So that's up in the air. We're not sure. But anyways... (laughs) New-ish. It was requested by Keith. Flash board now. So thank you so much for the request. And we appreciate you. Yes. But before we go into the review, let's grab our cups and talk about tea. So today. This we... is our fifth recording today. Yeah. So we did some repeats. Sorry on the tea. Uh, sorry, not sorry. That's a lot of liquid. Yeah. Lots of liquid. <laughs> We're very hydrated. Uh, Extremely. I'm, I'm doing the Plum Deluxe Queen's Blend Green Tea. It's got green tea, apple pieces, orange peels, blue cornflowers, calendula, bergamot oil, lemon essence, and vanilla essence. Mm, lots of citrus. Yeah. And I, of course, am drinking the Mystic Dragon Green Tea by the Spice and Tea Exchange in Gatlinburg, Ten- or Gatlinburg Tennessee. I've said it too much today, apparently. And it's got Sencha and Dragonwell green tea, cornflower petals, strawberry, and rhubarb flavor. And thank you so much to Plum Deluxe for allowing us to continue to do what we love. And just a side note, if you want a different tea than what I mentioned, the affiliate link below for Plum Deluxe. Uh, You just need to click on it, and then you can click on whatever tea from them you would like. Um, It's just a cookie it pits in your browser, so you don't have to buy the same tea that we're drinking. Mm -hmm. But for our lovely tea sippers out there, brew yourself a cup of tea, sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the review. So, for Blackstone... I feel like IMDb did a decent job this time. Okay, good. (laughs) IMDb says, (laughs) After being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. Yeah, that's, that's accurate. Yeah, I feel like they could say, like, the previous victims do, like, try and help him escape it's not like they're like oh hey what's up let's have a conversation like <laughs> we're just gonna distract you from the awfulness that you're going through is all yeah let's yeah. have a chat yeah but um yeah, no, i had lost a little bit of faith in imdb after the last one <laughs> they're a mixed bag yeah like, usually they do pretty decent but that last one oh god <laughs> yeah anyway but so for entertainment, this one, I wasn't sure what to expect because I either heard really good things about it or some people kind of had mixed feelings on it. I personally really enjoyed it. Now, to be fair, I didn't, I only watched one trailer and it was a while before it came out. So it wasn't one of those trailers yeah. that revealed a whole lot of information. Yeah, it was more of a teaser. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, what I saw too. So my impression of what I was expecting of the film was more like a psychological thing, like him trying to escape, but also like going through the psychological torture of the kidnapper or whatever. And I wasn't exactly correct in my assumption but i feel like 
It's kind I mean, of close. I was satisfied with what yeah. I got, though. So I don't know if the mixed bag was because the trailer was misleading or... Um, yeah, because the one that I saw made it seem almost more of a supernatural-leaning movie. Mm-hmm. So I was a little surprised by it, but I wasn't mad. But um, anyways, this is definitely one, especially since it has such a satisfying ending to yes. it. This one is going to be a go-to for me. Um, it's not perfect, so... Like, comparing it to, like, my eights, like, Jaws and, like, the super classics, maybe not that far. But I feel like it's safe to give it a 7.75. Like, the... It's definitely one of those horror movies where it's much more like a thriller than a horror movie. Which is a bit surprising, because this is a Blumhouse film. Yeah. And we all know that Blumhouse can kind of be a mixed bag. It's hit or miss, usually. But this one, I have to say, is probably one one of the best Blumhouse films that I've seen. It's really good. So, uh... They did a great job. I'd say the only way I can picture someone being super disappointed with it is if they go in expecting a horror movie and getting more of this, like, thriller. And they do kind of definitely have some horror elements in it, but... um, It's a very suspenseful movie. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good at the, the tense moments, and I like how... The his attempting to or his multiple attempts to try and escape they seem useless at the time but then they all like add up at the end which I think is really cool all of his effort wasn't wasted yes <laughs> it meant something <laughs> yeah but even if it didn't add up at the end it's still like he was still trying to eliminate ways to escape it wasn't like it was completely useless yeah really my my biggest complaint and this is kind of a a sin for blumhouse in general and a lot of other like production companies but where like they're showing the bodies of the kids and (laughs) and they kind of were trying to do the the oh it's it's scary. It's a jump scare. Yeah, like I I feel like it would have been a lot more unsettling if it was silent and it's just kind of like the the they were just there. Yeah, yeah, like make it unsettled. It doesn't have to be jump scared city, mm-hmm. especially for it being more like a thriller. Like, if you kind of set it up to where, oh, there's things in the background that maybe you don't expect to be there, and suddenly they're there or whatever, then whenever he's trying to escape, then then it would make those moments more tense, because, like, whenever he's, the guy's sleeping or whatever, it's like, it could show in the background him, like, turning his head and watching the kid or, like, something like that. Yes. Like, if they had... The biggest part that bugged me was the loud noise and music. Yeah. Like... Which is the same for most jump scares, honestly. So if they had been showing Finny, the main character, and then just started panning around him, and you see the kid, like, in the corner... 
or, or even, near the wall or right next to him even. Or even if they did like a farther away shot and you just saw like another kid about his size just yes. like off in the corner. Yes. But then they don't like mention. Don't draw attention to it. Don't make a big loud sound or music or anything. Just have them there. Yeah. Yeah. And then honestly, to make it even creepier, if they had kind of used more grudge-like techniques and had them moving in more of an unnatural way, I think that would have really benefited in this kind of movie. Yeah, like I honestly feel like if in a lot of these movies they'll do audience testing, and I feel like if your audience isn't scared by the the scary moments when there's no music, then that means that your setup isn't good enough. Yeah, you didn't build up enough to it. Yeah, so... Because it's usually more unsettling and scary to suddenly notice, oh crap, there's something there that really shouldn't be there. Yeah, because, I mean, we've said it over and over, there's a huge difference between a jump scare, or truly being scared and being startled. Yes. And, and jump, jump scares, scares are usually startles. Yeah, nowadays. But it's like, yes. you know, there are <laughs> jump scares that are legitimately, like, scary. And useful. But so many movies now do it wrong, where it's like, oh, if we make you jump, then that means that we scared you, and then it's, it's good. Not the it's same. like, no, you, you got, you literally broke the tension by causing that. You caused a natural reaction. Yeah. So. With a true scare, there's, once you finally do relieve the tension, there's a relief of endorphins. With a startle, you don't really get that. Not as much. If you well, get some, it's a very small amount in well, comparison. Well, it's the, it's the startle that does release the indoor... Like, like building up to a scene, like, um, Annabelle Creation is pretty decent at this, uh, as well as Hell House, but, um, where it's like, you're building up the moment, and then you have a, a jump scare. It's like that, you can, you have two choices. That can either be the end of the scene... Or you can make it to where it's not exactly a jump scare. You're just expecting a jump scare, but you don't give the audience that release. It's that jump that releases attention mm -hmm. and it kind of signals to your brain, okay, that moment's over. But that is a true scare versus a startle. But it, that's still a startle, though. Like, being startled... Mm. What I'm okay. What I'm trying to say is there's a difference for me. There's so in today's context, the jump scare and startle are pretty much interchangeable. The difference being is the tension to where it's like they build up the tension and whether or not they decide to release it. But it's like being startled or jump scared, it still releases the same. Okay. What am I trying to say? <sighs> what I'm trying to say well. is like, okay, like, for example, I, I think it, it's more of um, 
a difference in our language and like syntax because for me a a jump scare whenever i think of a jump scare i feel think of more like the startle where they have scary music and it makes you jump and then it's there while like the hell house where it's like oh there's a jump scare but there's no music to signify it you but it's like in both scenarios i still get a release cuz it's that jumping motion that releases the the fight or flight response. So I don't get a release on a startle. On the cheap jump scares. Hmm. I don't. You have a physical reaction of me jumping, but I don't get that actual release of tension or anything. In fact, I actually get angry. I mean, I'll get pissed <laughs> off, but it's like... But I still feel that... I don't. Hmm. Okay. I know everybody reacts differently, but I don't. So. <laughs> but that's all I'm saying is... If they tone down the sound for these... And amp up a little bit of the the build to it... Yeah. And just make minor tweaks. I feel like it could have been a lot more unsettling. Yeah, like they really didn't need to do much to Not make much. it better. No. It is a good, solid movie. Um, I'm having a hard time between a 7.25 and a 7.5. <laughs> I'm going to go with a 7.5. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. I know other people had some issues with it, but personally, I enjoyed it. It was terrifying for me to watch from a maternal standpoint. Because I'm envisioning the tea sipper in progress <laughs> in this horrible situation. And just as a future parent, I just, I hate it. <laughs> it's awful and I hate it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it's like whenever I watch the movie, um, I think of it from a kid's perspective, but also like my own perspective. I kind of like flip back and forth. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can definitely see um, being a mother that kind of changing the elements of the horror for sure. Yes. And so from that standpoint, just knowing that your kid was taken, not knowing any other information they have no leads to go on there's nothing there were no witnesses there's no one coming forward saying they saw anything at the scene nothing they're just gone that is an absolute nightmare to even think about so that's where the i feel like a lot of the real scare comes from <laughs> Is just thinking, what if a loved one was in that situation and I can't do anything to help? Well, and I think that the movie does does a great job <laughs> in... Um, sorry, husband in the background. <laughs> um, I, I feel like the movie does a great job in creating the scenarios that we love where it's like... The kid, he was making really smart yes. choices, but then even after he got out, he still got recaptured. Mm -hmm. 
Like, that was honestly, like, one of the most terrifying scenes. Because you're, like, not He's only... doing everything right. <laughs> it's, like, not only did all of his effort not pay off, but then you're, like, well, now that he got caught, what's going to happen to him? Because the guy is obviously angry at mm -hmm. him. He's now in a worse situation. And he knows that, like, oh, if the kid escaped once, that means he's going to try it again. And that puts the bad guy in a position where he has to be, you know, extra uh, vigilant to make sure he doesn't get caught, which will then lead him to possibly do crazier things, which mm -hmm. he does. It's just, like... Well, not only that, but when the kid gets out, he has no idea what he's seeing and remembering. So he doesn't know if he looked back at the house numbers, if he recognizes the street, his surroundings, anything that can point to him if he does get away again. Yeah, it's like he literally just has to pick a direction and just book it and just hope that there's nothing that will eventually block his way. Yeah. And, it, I mean, running away in a neighborhood, on the one hand, you know, it makes it easier for him to be seen. But on the other hand, it makes it easier for him to be seen by the person that's trying to capture him again. And with it being so late at night, there's not anyone around that can see what's going on to help. People were asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that really sucked when you see the lights turn on because he's screaming for help, and then he tells them to, like, keep quiet, and then you see the, the lights, lights turn just off. go off. It's like, all, all hope is gone again. Yeah. So they do a really, really good job of the sense of hopelessness whenever his plans and things fail, or seem to fail. It all does amount to something in the end, which is very satisfying, like, none of the effort he put forth was wasted. And it means that the, the kid's death, as tragic and terrible as they were, they they saved one life. Yes. Which is better than not saving any. Yes. Um, and I do think it was a really interesting element that they did add the fact that um, he was sensitive. Mm-hmm. Because, and especially when you realize that the random phone ringing and the guy's like, oh, static electricity. You're like, oh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then you realize, <laughs> oh, it's literally the dead calling. Like, oh, it just, that's creepy. That's really creepy. What's even creepier to think about for me is apparently the bad guy could hear the phone ring too. He just didn't believe that it was ringing. He thought it was all in his head, and he was messed up somehow. Which, he is, let's be fair. But <laughs> he didn't see it the same way. It's almost like the maybe guilt of hurting those kids in the back of his mind. I don't know. I like, don't know. It's hard to tell, because he was obviously psycho, but it's hard to tell if he was able to feel a level of guilt yeah. for what he did. I do also like that they put in the movie at some point, they mentioned that the phone rang for all of the boys, but not anyone of them could hear it until Finn. Yeah. 
That was a really so interesting element. The the kids that had already died were trying to help the other kids that got kidnapped, but because they weren't sensitive or psychic or whatever you want to call it, they couldn't hear. But they still tried also to help the next kid. Yeah. So. I also absolutely love the sister. She yes. was my favorite character. Yeah. She did so good. And I love the dynamic between the siblings. And I love that they uh, built out the characters for a bit before anything yes. too intense happened. Yes. So there was some actual growth. So Finn is sensitive in more ways than one. <laughs> He's a good, sweet kid. He doesn't really stand up for himself that much. He comes across as a bit of a pushover, but he can take a hit. And he truly cares about certain other individuals. Yeah. And you can really see it. I feel like the boy's acting could use a little bit of work. Not much. Just, just a little bit. I mean, compared to some other actors that I've seen, I felt like it was pretty he good. He did a acting. lot better than most, for sure. But there were just some scenes where he seems a little flat, mostly with his expressions, like kind of emotionless. <laughs> other scenes he did phenomenal, like when he was trying to get out through the freezer. And it was locked, and he just sat down, and at that point, he just kind of broke down. That was a phenomenal scene. Yeah. But there were some others that I feel like he fell a little bit short on. Just a little. I would... Is there a particular scene? Because for me, I'm like, well, you know, in that situation, like, you can only feel so many emotions for so long and there's a part where like your body has to dissociate because it's such an intense situation so i can picture like someone in that situation going back and forth in emotions where they're like completely blank face like you know can't feel anything Mm -hmm. to like breaking down and stuff like that so is there a particular scene i get that but he also had that kind of face before he even got kidnapped So it wasn't just when he was Mm -hmm. in the basement. It was just bits and pieces before then, too. Mm, Gotcha. Okay. So he didn't quite have the same level of acting throughout the whole movie, is what I'm saying. Like, if he upped it just a little bit on those other to keep it more consistent, I think he would have done an absolutely amazing job for it. So, again, he doesn't have much to go. Just... Little tweaks. And I feel like the, the girl did a, a great did job. She did a great job. Loved her. You could feel the emotion from her. Yeah, yeah. In, like, every scene. Mm-hmm. So, she did great. I hope she does more. Because <laughs> she was one of the best kid actors we've seen. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of horror movies that centers around kids. There aren't. I mean, it is the one that comes to mind. Um, I get also Child's Play. Yeah. Um, um, Annabelle Creation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I guess technically 
of The Conjuring and then The Conjuring 2. Yeah. But I feel like, I mean, it focuses a little more on kids on The Conjuring 2, but... But they have a lot more scenes with the adults. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but... (laughs) And it is hard to find kid actors that are really, really good. Yeah. So, I get it. It's easier to go with adult actors. Yeah, that have been acting for a while. And have experience. Yeah. But the overall, in this movie, the kids do a really good job. Yeah. So, that is very, very nice. Um, Just looking through some of the other things here. Yeah, I think most of the other things that I have are, are realism. Okay. I just wish that they upped the creep factor a little bit with the ghost kids, toned down the the sounds on the quote-unquote jump scares. But those are the main things there. Yeah, because the mis- most disappointing thing about the kids the um, is, like, the makeup was pretty good. Yeah, they did good there. But it's like they just had them stand there. It's like yeah, that's... or walk around like normal. Was... Yeah, I did. Uh, I did find it interesting that they kind of fleshed out a little bit what it was like for the kids in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. It, it almost sounded like a purgatory type of yeah thing. Whereas like Which they were makes sense. They were killed suddenly in a very harsh way with no reason as to why. Yeah. I also liked that they kept, when they did show the kids, the ghost kids, they kept their voices to where they were still, it was still like they were on the phone. Yeah. They didn't switch like many other movies do and made it sound like they were in the room just talking to them. Yeah, I feel like it made sense that like the device was almost like, almost kind of like a Ouija border. Yeah, it was a conduit. Yeah. Um, for them to be able to communicate. So. Yes. But anyways, so for realism, um, realism is a little bit of a toughie because there, there are some really realistic elements in this movie, but then just like a a few things that kind of bring to question I I personally put a four, because like on the one hand, the the serial kidnappings or serial murders. What I mean it's kind of a, a mixed bag. It's kind, kind of both. both. Yeah, it's um, his mo. Yeah, especially for like that time and the way that the cops didn't really have a whole lot to be able to do. Um, but cause it's like nowadays it's a lot easier to a degree, but back then I've listened to like a lot of like crime podcasts and it was pretty common, unfortunately at that time for, unless if they had like a distinctive clue, if they couldn't pick you out, they, it was likely going to go cold. Um, but I do quickly. Feel, yeah. I do feel like it was a missed opportunity for them. They mentioned the black balloons, which I'm not going to mention the the helium thing. Unless if you Thank want. Thank you. 
but um, I'll get to that. Well, basically, because they don't specify either way. Yeah. But um, but I I feel like it was a missed opportunity for them to show the cops going to stores that sold black balloons because it's like. Black balloons, while not uncommon, they're not super common of a color of balloon. No. So, most kids, if they want balloons, they want a color. Yeah, so I feel like it would have made sense to show the cops going to the stores, especially since they found balloons at multiple crime scenes. The person is probably buying, coming back and buying multiple, so they could at least go to those stores and ask, have you had a repeat customer that only buys black balloons or buys a lot of black balloons or whatever? Um, yeah, or even if he has his own helium tank, buys packages of black balloons. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they're just like little things like that that kind of break the realism for me. I, I do kind of wish they had expanded a little bit more on the guy's motive. Um, but, I mean, that's not necessarily a realism or entertainment thing. It's just something I, I would have been kind of interested in. <laughs> but, um, but it is one of those movies where they just, like, throw you into a scenario more than a I don't think they gave a reason because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's still like a terrible thing that happened yes. regardless of the reason. Um, there are like other things. I mean, there were the things that I was impressed with were some of the things that what the kid thought of where like first how he was able to get the cord up to the the barred windows that was brilliant um though i mean super lucky that the string wasn't like so floppy that it couldn't it was a cable yeah uh oh yeah that's true that's true um though on the phone thing i would have personally thought it'd be better to use the back of the lid of a of the toilet to hit him versus the phone packed with dirt. But for this instance, I can understand it being symbolic, especially since he put the phone next to his ear right before he died. It is. It's also easier to swing. That's true. It's kind of like one of those things where it's easier to swing, but... It won't necessarily do as much damage. But he can do more hits. Yes. In a shorter amount of yes. time. And he's more agile with it. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, it's not unwieldy. Yeah, I do have some questions about how soundproof the room is. Yes. The first... So do I. The concrete <laughs> was like powder. Which, that could have been due to that particular spot of like shoddy repairs he did or something. He could have repaired that particular area fairly quickly and not been as as diligent in mixing the things as he should have. It could have been a quick patch job kind of thing. Yeah. But really, and immediately whenever they pan out and they show him screaming through the window, I immediately was like, 
how is the window soundproof? Especially how, like how thin the glass is. Like from my understanding, especially like even nowadays, the the glass that is truly soundproof is like multiple pane with some like air in between yes. to use as a buffer. Like there's you, it's not just one pane of glass that just so happens to be soundproof. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of hard to believe. And also, if you could look into the window and see the kid, I'm kind of surprised that with as many kids that were down there, that at least not one person passed by and wasn't like, if they didn't see the kid, at least was like, oh, why is there a random mattress down there? And why does it look like a dungeon? Like, why isn't there storage there? Yeah. It does partially depend on where the window is located on the house, but you should still be able to hear something. <laughs> like, looking, like, thinking about the orientation of the house, it it makes me think that the window is off to the right side, like, either in the middle of the house or towards the back. I think... I think it was toward the side of the house, kind of in the middle. Yeah. So they might not have been able to see him because I don't think it was like a street. But they did have neighbors, though. And if the neighbors are doing their lawn... Maybe? It also depends on the landscaping and fencing. There wasn't any fencing, though. I think it was chain link. Oh. Or was that the opposite side? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure both sides had chain link. Anyways, point being, <laughs> number one problem with the glasses, I don't... There's no way it was soundproof. Yeah, that but was the biggest issue I had. <laughs> also, the, the possi- possibility that someone could have seen, especially, I feel like the more number of victims he had, he was just waiting... For chance for someone to see one of the kids in the in the window. It's very risky. But it's like, why wouldn't you cover up the window? I don't get it. But anyways. I'm going to give it a 3.5. I can't quite give it a 4. But a lot of the, the things that Finn does is fairly realistic. And I'm very, very glad yes. that he's not just a stupid kid. Oh. And he actually does smart moves and listens to the ghost kids. You're glad that he's not, like, another, like, stupid horror victim. (laughs) That's like, oh, I'm going to run up the stairs with my heels. I got to make the dumbest choices possible (laughs) just to continue the plot. (laughs) No, he actually makes good decisions and thinks critically... And uses problem-solving skills. So when he can't get the the cable through the bars easily, he grabs one of the rugs that I'm surprised were even left down there to begin with. But he uses one of the rugs that were left down there to get the, the cable up there and through the bars. And it curls around once it hits the glass and he's able to grab the other end. Then when he can't quite... 
use it to pull himself up to the grate very easily because he keeps slipping, he knots it down at the bottom so he can put his foot there as a better hold. That was so smart. That was so good. I was so happy that he did that. Um, that place wasn't very well built because the grate just came out. Yeah, for real. Kid was under a hundred pounds. And that looked like a very strong grate. So it was not anchored at all. <laughs> so. But I will, like, with as smart as he was, I am kind of surprised. I'm sure they did it for suspense. I was kind of surprised how easily he was like, Oh, he didn't close the door. That must, you know, he was so easily, like, about to open the door. And that it was literally the phone call that, like, prevented him from going up. It was, but at the same time, I can understand his reaction. His instinctive reaction to be like, that's no longer locked. That's a possible escape route. Mm -hmm. So I get it. And I didn't quite count off for that. Um... But the the window is what really, 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 really bugs me. (laughs) Ain't no way that that glass is soundproof for that. It was a thin glass window. And with how often the guy was down there, even just watching Finn, he didn't notice that the grape was gone. Yeah, okay. You know what's funny is after he put out the grape, uh, or took out the grate, I was like, oh crap, he's going to get in trouble because he's going to notice it gone. Nope, never addressed. Only addressed once he, like, falls on the grate in the ground at the end of the movie. Breaks his ankle. Yep. Yeah. I love the little girl's expression when she asks Jesus for another vision, just anything to be able to find her brother. And she wakes up after a dreamless night. I feel like that's fairly accurate. She is so stressed. And she's like, what the hell? You've been giving me other visions, but when I ask for one, any one, that can help me find my brother, nothing? Seriously? Rude. I love how it's like at first she's like, you're not real. And then when she's on her back, she's like, oh, I hope you're real. I hope you're real. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said you weren't real. Yeah. Uh, Please be real. So I feel like that was fairly accurate. And hilarious. Uh, the, the balloons. Just the balloons. So, these balloons that they said that they found at the crime scene, the black balloons that he was using, whenever you see him abducting a kid and it shows the balloons, they are helium-filled balloons. They're not just, you know, blown-up balloons that sit on the ground and you're able to bounce around and have fun with. These are ones that, if you let go, they're going to go flying off... As they do, for however long it takes them to hit something and get tangled, or pop, or lose enough helium that they drift back down. So, the fact that they were finding them at the different scenes seems a little bit far-fetched, and makes me wonder if maybe they found popped 
balloons from the struggle, which doesn't make that much sense either, honestly. You'd think someone would hear the popping sound. Yeah. So it just, it seemed a little off for that. But, and the, the cops believing the little girl and believing that her dreams sometimes happen the way she says they happened, right off the bat. And even going so far as to seek her out and ask for more information if she's had any other dreams or anything like that. I'm calling bull. There have been cases where police have used psychics or clairvoyance, but they're adults and they're well-established. They're not, you know, a 12-year-old. And that's being generous. I don't know how old she was, but I feel like 12 is the outside. Yeah, definitely. With him being 13, I'd think she'd probably be 10 or 11. Yeah. I know she skipped a grade. They did mention that. I'm pretty sure. That was in Ginger Snaps. That was Ginger Snaps. We've done a lot of movies today. (laughs) (laughs) But she was also... She was a smart kid. Yeah. Um, But they were very, very close, and they seemed close in age. So... No. (laughs) Point being, she's a kid. And adult cops, especially, are not going to just be like, okay, so you have these dreams that are actually visions of what's actually going on. Okay. We need more information from you. Yeah. No. No. So. All in all, though, very good movie. Yes. The things that he does to try to get out are fairly realistic and intelligent, and we appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> it's not all It makes it even more decisions. terrifying than it when does. it doesn't work. Yes, and you feel that sense of hopelessness with him when everything seems to just fail. I also had to pause to to point a couple of things out to Alyssa because these things, when you go back and rewatch and realize just how close a couple times he was to help or freedom is just absolutely heartbreaking. So they have this scene where the brother of the bad guy, Max, talks to police in the house He shows them a board that he's made of all the missing kids with a map and everything. He had called his brother's dog away and shut him away so that he could let the police in in the first place. And then when Finn gets out of the basement the first time and goes to do the combination lock, he walks past the board... They're, like, literally right there. Pass the board. And does the combination lock, gets out, and then you hear the bad guy say it was just Samson. It was just the dog. Don't mind me. Yeah. (laughs) It was just the dog barking at nothing. 
So you know that that was the house that the police were in just hours before. He was so close to help and freedom. And then just to have it all ripped away as soon as he gets out, basically, again, it's just so heartbreaking. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies that I feel like uh, you benefit from watching it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You catch things that you missed before. So. Worth at least one watch. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. I feel like it's a good movie for sure. But (laughs) thank you so much for joining us today. And please comment on what you thought of the movie. If you'd like to recommend a movie, game, or tea and keep up to date with our content, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and most places you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, we have a public Discord server if you would like to be, join our community. Yeah, be a part of the, the community, uh, talk about horror uh, movies, TV shows, and games, um, keep a lot more uh, better updates yes. on our upcoming episodes and content, uh, including live streams. And then we will eventually, (laughs) yes, merch. And then we will eventually be doing polls again so uh, people can vote on what movies we're doing. And sometimes games. Yes, and sometimes games. (laughs) So if you would like to support the podcast, please like, subscribe, and share our content. And if you'd like to support us monetarily, we have a Teespring and a PayPal, or we have our affiliate link with Plum Deluxe available. It does not affect the price of the tea at all. It just allows us to continue to do what we love. And you can find all of the sites mentioned linked below, including the Discord. And until the next time, guys, stay safe and stay spoopy. Bye! Bye.